Hey everybody, how are we this morning? Yeah, you guys are uh, are extra lively today, a little livelier than the last service. Uh, it's good to have you guys. Uh, my name is Jeff and I'm one of our pastors here. And if we've not officially welcomed all our first time guests and everyone who's watching online, can we say hello to all those people? Glad to have you, glad to have you. Hey, before I dive into our conversation, uh, two things. One, that series that you just saw, we'll start that next week. So be prepared. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. And what I want to do right now is I want to invite up all of our graduating seniors. If you are a senior of any type, can I just get you guys to come up real quick? Tell you what, why don't you guys just come right down front? We'll just get you to come right down front. Won't make you, won't make you come up on stage. All right, so these guys are graduating. Uh, if you're graduating high school, right? Just high school, no, no college graduates. High school students, last but not least. Come on, rolling up in here like, what's up? Yeah, that's right, I'm last. No. All right, so, hey, so here's what I want to say to you guys real quick. You're graduating, and here's what I remember going from high school into college. I felt this massive pressure leaving my home and I wanted to do it was all right and make no mistakes. And guess what I found out? When I got to college, I wasn't perfect. Now, that's not to take away that pressure. <laughs> all right? We want you to feel pressure. We want you to, to, to uh, know that like, God's going to walk with you and to try to walk with God while you're there. But here's what I want to say. You are going to make some mistakes. You're going to make some failures. And here's what I want you to know. You might just find out that in your days to come, you might be walking away from mom and dad's faith, and you might be really finding your own faith. Not meaning that you may not know Jesus right now. You, I, I think I know most of you. You already have a walk with God. But you're going to be walking away from like mom and dad riding any of their coattails about what they share with you about God and what they've known about how big and awesome and incredible he, he is. But I think in those moments where you are tested, and if you pass or you fail, I think to some degree that's irrelevant because I think in those moments, what's to come is you're going to find out how grace-filled and loving and powerful and how awesome God is. So what I want to do for you guys real quick, I want us to pray for them as they get ready to graduate and go on into adulthood and pray that God would guide them, that they would have their their own amazing walk in faith in God and that they would hear from God for like never before. So let's pray. God, I pray for these seniors. God, we, we ask that in your powerful and perfect and holy name, you would guide them, that they, they would, oh, God, in some incredibly only your kind of way, would you drown out all the other voices. And God, I pray that in those moments that they could hear and know you. God, would you, would you help them just to enact, you know, the Proverbs verse where it says, in all our ways, if we would acknowledge you, you'd make our path straight. God, I pray that they would do that. I pray their, their faith would grow. And I, I pray, God, that they would learn like never before what it's like to follow you through good times and bad. Bless them. Watch over them. Keep them. God, keep the parents. <laughs> uh, give us peace in the times, God, that we let our our children go. So Lord, you've raised them for such a time as this. God, I pray that you would right now, these students would depart and they would, be, they would become world changers for you. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Got some gifts for you guys as you leave. Let's give them one last hand this morning.
Love you guys. Love you very much. Love you very much. Proud of you guys. All right, you can sit now. All right, everybody. Well, hey, we've had a crazy exciting morning. A lot, a lot, a lot of fun and a lot of like, a lot of like big spiritual steps taken this morning. Last hour, um, we had probably 10 people bow the knee and make Jesus leader forgiver of their life. And we baptize even more than that. Uh, so, so let me tell you what's happening. Yeah. So let me, let me tell you what, what I told the first service. Many of you walked into the, today's conversation and you have no idea that some of you are about to go get baptized. Full on clothes. <laughs> Just saying. And my goal today is to convince every person here who's never been biblically baptized through Scripture to do it today. And then it just got tense. <laughs> All right? We talked about this last hour, and we had God move incredibly. And let me tell you what this looks like. I want to share with you the most basic biblical first step that we see in the Bible. When God challenges and calls people to um, acknowledge that he gave his life for us. Uh, and like we sang in that last song, that powerful, you know, he raised, uh, I've got it on my shirt, raised to new life uh, because of what he did on the cross. He came back from the dead. And those of us who are believers, and some of you will become believers today, I believe, uh, God challenges us to go and be biblically baptized. That is like go underwater and look like fools and you're not at a pool, right? I mean, just think about this for a second. I'm about to challenge a bunch of people we just did. To go get wet, some of you in your full-on clothes, um, in front of a bunch of people, and we're not outside at the beach and we're not at the pool. Weird, crazy, I know. So let me just walk into this conversation with a little bit of framework to help you grasp the magnitude of this and to help you see that this is a pivotal moment for a lot of us, because I've known many, many people in my past, and I was one of them who balked and shrunk back when there was that moment of when I heard and I knew that I should go be baptized, and I did not. I, I waited, and I didn't, and I felt like there was moments of my spiritual journey, journey that, were, that were hindered because I said no when I should have said yes. So I'm going to tell you real quick. Uh, about a guy named David in the Bible as the framework, and then I want to walk into just answering like some real specific questions about baptism. We call it God plunge around here because we just kind of like that jingle, but I'm going to dive into that and really help us hammer out and remove some barriers and add to your belief what this really is all about. You guys good? Tracking? All right, so let me tell you about David. In 1 Samuel, Chapter 17. If you got your Bible today, find it, 1 Samuel. It's Old Testament. You got like probably 15 books or so. You'll find it in the Old Testament. If not, we've got it on screens. But in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, it tells the story of an original king named Saul who's on the battlefield with the children of Israel. They're up against uh, a, a superior opponent, right? Humanly speaking, a superior opponent. And there's a guy uh, on the other team uh, who's big and his brothers are big, but the big guy steps out and just punks everybody out. His name's Goliath. 
Have you ever been a part of Bible story before or read the Bible, been a part of our Bible studies before? There's this guy, Goliath, that's just punking out God's people, right? And Saul, the captain, the, the king at the time, he's not boldly saying you can't punk us out because we got the God of all gods. He's our God. You can't talk trash. Let's go whoop some tail. He's not doing jack. And so here's this little bitty guy, David. He's been tending sheep. He's been the sheep boy. He's not old, really old enough to be in the battle with his brothers. But he shows up one day to bring lunch. He, sh- and he gets there and he sees this guy talking so much smack. And he can't believe his eyes that his brothers, who like probably kicked his butt so many times when he was younger, his brothers and all their buddies, the whole army of Israel is doing nothing. And he just cannot believe that they're weak in the knees and they're not just going after them because they walk and march and do in the name and the honor and the strength of Lord, our Lord and our Savior, God. And so he, he can't stand it any longer. So Goliath talks his smack. He just, just dogs out the Israelites. And David, without permission, without asking, without seeing what his buddies thought of the idea. He didn't text anybody and say, hey, I'm about to go do something stupid. What do you all think? He just steps up. He just steps up, and he just, he just calls out this guy and just basically says, I'm going to kick your butt. You're going down in the name of Jesus. That's what's, that's what's about to happen. And he goes and kills this guy. But I want to read you this passage, and I want to give you a couple thoughts as we dive into what this looks like for some of you being baptized today. All right, so 1 Samuel 17. This is David's response to all the smack talk and the fear that he's watched in his own brothers. He says in verse 46, This day the Lord will hand you over to me. And again, Goliath's like nine foot something tall. He's like bigger than the biggest people we've ever seen on the planet. He can crush dozens of men at a single time and a little bitty guy who knows, and everybody else knows, if he walks out there, he will get crushed, walks out and says the strongest, most boldest, and and just walks the walk. He says, this day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. (laughs) He's staring at this, like looking at this guy in the eyeballs, like, I'm going to cut off your head, Joker. You're going down. You just created road rage, bro. Right? And so he says, today... I will give your carcass, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army. Like now he's calling out the entire army. We're going to kill all of you. We're going to give your bodies over to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. And the whole world will know, and this is the point, through this guy, the whole world will know that there is a God and he exists in Israel. We're real, you're not, our God's real, your God's not. We're legit, you're not, you're going down. I just said it. And in verse 47, all those gathered here, and everyone's listening to this, and I'm sure they're like, holy cow, what did David just do to us? And they're faced with this, as David's faced with this, like, defining moment, right? This pivotal point in their history. What is about to happen And all those gathered here will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, 
and he will give all of you into our hands. And then they went out and they kicked their butts. And they dominated. And David literally cut the head of Goliath off, raised it up, and everybody was like, yeah, we won. And everybody from that moment on, that from that moment on knew David's not the man. Their God's real. And if we're going to follow anybody, we believe their God's real because this could not have happened minus them having the real God. So here's a couple thoughts. As we lean into a conversation about baptism, that there's a lot of questions, a lot of confusion, and I believe a lot of people, as we found last hour, that have, that have missed opportunities to take the very first step of what it really looks like to have bold faith for God. A couple thoughts. Number one is this. Out of this passage, here's just some thoughts I have um, from Scripture. God will always lead you to take a step of faith. In your spiritual journey, your spiritual journey is always going to be steps of faith. That's what it looks like following God. Following God, if you're moving with God, if you're tracking in a relationship with God, if you're on living your life on purpose and being intentional in a relationship with God, it's going to look like scary, audacious faith steps. Point one. Point two is this. As we saw from David, second thought is somebody always has to go first. Somebody does. Somebody always kind of makes the movement and then others look around and then everybody goes all in, right? Somebody's got to go first. And what we see in this passage is this. If David had not won the battle with Goliath, check this out, he would have always been a slave. If he'd not won against Goliath, I think David would have been a slave the rest of his life. Right? Had he not won that battle, the only alternative alternative would, would have been shirking back. And we don't know how that story would have been written. Maybe God would have risen someone else up to go first. But David would have missed a moment. And Goliath might have dominated and they might have gotten crushed. And we know we believe in God. He'd have done something else. But for them in that moment, in that time, that was a pivotal moment. So, I want to talk, talk through some questions today uh, about baptism. And here's, here's why I want to lead into the baptism, why I wanted to use that story. Because all of us fight battles. We all have giants. And all of our giants somehow are some, some type of fear issue, right? And for a lot of us, we flip-flop. Pride, fear. Pride, you know, we shirk back and act like a scaredy cat. Pride, I'm bold, audacious, and then I shirk back, and, you know. And it's either or. But somewhere in the middle of all that is God leading us by faith to do what he wants us to do. And so I believe for many of us, your spiritual growth can get totally jacked up, stuffed, and stifled when we miss this major first step of faith. It's called baptism. So here's a question this morning. But number one, and you've got some notes today. I've got some stuff for you to jot down if you want to keep notes. But the first question I want to ask is why get baptized? Two real simple ones right off the cuff. One, number one, Jesus did it. Our, our greatest model out there, Jesus, God sent his son, God in the bod. 
Jesus went and got baptized. So if you want to just stop right there, that's probably good enough. Jesus went and got baptized. We should probably do anything Jesus does, right? Some of the things we can't do what he did because he's like perfect. But here's one we could do. And here's why I want to share this with you. And, and, and anytime any preacher or person tries to talk on behalf of the Bible, um, you should always fact check that, right, with God's Word. Because if anybody ever says, if I say something that's not biblically based, it's incorrect. It's wrong. Our source of truth is God's Word, nobody else. So here's, here's where I get this from. Why get baptized? Jesus did it. Matthew records this in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, 13. Then Jesus came from where? Galilee. Y'all have to help talk me through this today. Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be what? Baptized. You get the picture that he was going a distance on purpose to show up and get baptized. I think it says it like that because it could have said Jesus accidentally just got detoured and he ended up someplace. No. Jesus went and came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And then when that happened, this is cool. It says, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. I'm trying to sound like God. I'm not God, but I'm trying to give a deep voice. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Crazy. That wasn't even said when Jesus was on the cross. Just saying, this is what God said when Jesus got baptized himself. Why well, get baptized when Jesus did it? Number two, God told us to do it. So the last thing Jesus said, I mean, the very last words. Uh, we've been having lots of last words in my household. I've got a graduate going off to college. And I have probably done a poor job of being a dad because I have been trying to like force teachable moments in, in all the last minutes and all the right, wrong times, right? And I've been given my last words because I'm like, if I don't get him in now, what if I forgot to say this before? And my graduates like, been there, done that, heard that all my life. We're good. I'm good. We're good. Let's move on, okay? So Jesus is about to leave. They're about to not have him any longer in physical form. We've heard from God the Father. He sent his son. Now we have both of them in one body on the earth. Jesus is about to leave. He's about to send another. But for Jesus, he's moving on. And so he gives his last words. And these are the last words he left us with while he was on planet earth. Matthew, thir- uh, Matthew 28 records it like this. He's, Jesus says, therefore, go make disciples. That's like the challenge to my church. Hey, Go help every man, woman, and child find Jesus, right? Don't quit until I come back someday because if you quit, people will go to hell. And, 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 and God does not want anyone to perish, that's the verse, but all of them to have life in Jesus. So we're on mission. So here's our mission verse. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations. And then what's the very first thing they did? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He could have said anything else right? I mean, I'm thinking of so many things to try to re-up saying to my graduate, saying to my kids, trying, he he could have said a dozen, a hundred, a million numbers that we can't, he could have said a lot of other things, but that's what he said. 
He left the most basic, most important, simplest, you know, directions of what we should be doing. Go reach people who are not connected with me and baptize them. And I think it's pretty cool that it was so simple. But yet it's so crazy, isn't it not? Isn't it not like the weirdest instructions to give? Like, I remember getting baptized when I was younger, and I just thought, I'm getting wet in, a bunch of, in front of a bunch of people. That's just awkward, God. Like, weird, why would that be it? I don't know, can't answer that point. But we know God said, get baptized. Jesus did it, he said we should do it too. So the third question is, what is baptism? What is it? And I think here lies some questions that we get uh, in the church world. Uh, is as we look at, okay, trying to understand some of the things that the Bible says. So what is baptism? Let me give you two quickies. Number one, it's simply an outward expression of an internal decision, right? It's, it's an expression of what I did with God in my heart, and I expressed it. We express it through a physical thing, physical symbol of being baptized. Now, I would explain it very easily like uh, being married. Um, if you saw me in public and you did not know me and I did not have a wedding band on, you would say, I'm not married. Or I'd be a bad guy trying to potentially cheat on my wife. Well, and not in all cases. I've lost my ring three times in the 23 years of our marriage, I'm embarrassed to say. But that's, that's a whole other story. All right, so if you see me and I have a ring on, it doesn't make me married, but it tells you I are married, right? I wear this ring because it, it just self-expresses without any words attached to it that that beautiful girl is mine and I'm hers. That's what this says. Baptism is simply saying, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. This is how I show you that I'm a follower of Christ. And it just so happens God said you got to get wet to do that. So that's what baptism is. Baptism is simply an outward expression of an internal decision. Second way I would express this, number two, is it is your public statement of your relationship with Jesus. It's going public with your faith. It's just like publicly just acknowledging, hey, I'm going public because... Jesus went and did something crazy publicly for me. He, he went and in front of everybody, let them, let them, like willingly went and let them beat him up, hurt him, and ultimately kill him publicly for us. And so it's sort of like, because the only thing I can explain this is, in, in my, my finite mind, it's like God just wants us to follow him with courage. And when it's not, the courage we can muster up, then it's courage we need from Him, and that's called faith. I get faith from God. And what God wants to do, He wants to infuse us with a little extra faith to go get wet in front of other people because that's the first step in the process of a lot of other faith steps along the way. And what God says is, your first step is a baptism step. And I, I grew up in church, so I remember... Uh, people, people's public profession of faith, I thought your public profession of faith was walking down an aisle and, and like kneeling somewhere and praying. I thought that was my public profession of faith. I mean, because that's what 
we did as church, and even on occasion we'll, we'll have a little altar call, a moment where we come down and pray, but that's not what biblical per- public profession of your faith is, baptism is. So we can, we can cheer and say, hey, there's been, and I, I forgot to say this, we've had 61 people saved since Easter here at our church. That's awesome. And many of those people text, like, on Easter, I think 21 people on Easter said, um, I, they text forgiven. You guys remember, it's got a little text thing, and they text forgiven to a certain number. And we were like, all right, people got saved on Easter. And every week since, man, we've been having people bow the knee in their, you know, essentially in their hearts and make and profess that Jesus is Lord and say, in our language, we kind of just make it real simple. We say, making Jesus leader and forgiver of your life, acknowledging that we're forgiven through him and that he, we should turn over control and make him leader of our life. And we've been celebrating that. But texting me or texting the church or uh, even a prayer is a private thing. And God says, faith is not a private thing. Faith is a public thing. And the very first step of publicly acknowledging that I am the Lord of your life is being baptized. So as many times you've maybe come down front or done some things like that, and i got a list of other things that we do, um, like, you know, joining a church, or maybe you grew up, grew up and it was confirmation, or even like you get a t-shirt, and it's like, I love Jesus on it. That's not your public profession of your faith. Baptism is. So, so, uh, so let me give you a verse for that, all right? Got an app for that, got a verse for that. Uh, Acts 2.41 says this. Who should get baptized? Um, the very first thing, this is crazy how this passage is so clear. Paul writes in Acts 2.41, answering the question, who should get baptized? Very first three words are what? Can you read it with me? Those who accepted, those who accepted his message were baptized. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and on that day, a lot of people accepted the message because all of them went and got baptized. It says about 3,000 of them were added to the number that day. So every person who's made Jesus leader and forgiver of their life went right away and was baptized. You read stories in the New Testament of like different people going and they, they met Jesus and they were like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. The, the person that can take the sins away from the world who just saved me and they went and, go, they went and got baptized. You see it all in the New Testament. So, baptism is a public expression. It's going public with your faith. Who gets baptized? Anyone who is an able-minded believer, right? Meaning, the question I always get is this, the baby question. Um, do we baptize babies? And let me just say right up front, I know for many of you, we have tons of people who grew up in a Catholic faith or a denomination of some types, and I just want to say we're basically all on the same team, right? We're in no competition with any other church out there. But I will say this. We, le- we lean so strongly on the fact that I are not God and I am not your truth. Don't follow me. I'm a heathen. I'm jacked up. All I ever want to do is point you to this book, which is our only source of truth, which can only be the source of truth, because man's not it. So we can easy, easily mess up religion. We can mess up denominations. That's why God just said, don't follow men, follow me. He was the only perfect God. This is a perfect book. So here's the truth. 
Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to, the, added to that day. So the baby question is, do we baptize babies? At our church, we don't baptize babies. We dedicate children. And the reason is, I've never, I've read the Bible several times. I know lots of people that, read, has read the, that have read the Bible many times. Um, there's not anything in here about someone who met Jesus and went and got baptized that didn't and wasn't able to accept his message. So I've not seen any babies um, who were baptized in the Bible. So for us, we know parents' intentions. Every parent has a great intention of wanting to raise their kid, pointing them to Christ. So we call it dedication, and we don't baptize because I feel like it can confuse people. So when they have, have an honest, like, movement of God in their heart and they bow, to, bow the knee, you know, metaphorically speaking, and they say, yes to God, I want Jesus, it confuses it sometimes because people say, well, I can't remember if I was baptized or I got sprinkled. That's, that's misinterpreting God's word. So our hopes is that you would be baptized if you recognize the whole baby question thing. Second question is this. Oh, and let me just say this. Um, you're not alone in that discovery. Um, my mom died when I was 19 years old, and I, I got baptized when I was a kid, but I really wasn't saved. And here's how I know that. I don't have the recollection of when I was baptized, exactly when I was young. And when I got older, I l- kind of looked back and realized, okay, I know when I was saved, but I know that time I got baptized was because a really cute teacher uh, in, the, in, the, in kindergarten asked, hey, if anybody wants to come ask Jesus in their heart and get baptized, you can come to recess early and I'll take you there. And I was like, I'm in. Hot teacher and recess. That's all I really went for. And so when I got older, I'm thinking back through all that and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And now fast forward, I'm a pastor now. And I'm about to have a huge baptism. And I'm talking to my wife and I'm explaining. She's like, well, call your dad. My dad's like, I don't remember. I call my sisters, they don't remember. Can't call mom, she's in heaven, right? And so I'm like, what's the right thing to do? What's, I don't want to balk at the first time God really laid this on my heart that I should do this. I got to go in. I got I to take the plunge. So here I baptize all these people and my oldest daughter in that baptismal in like 2002, the same little tub we have out there. I got baptized by my pastor, Kirk Nowry, who was my pastor at the time. Uh, that I grew up with in front of all those people as the pastor of that church. I'm like, uh, let me tell you my story. So I told him my story. I'm telling you my story. So who should be baptized? Anybody who knows Jesus. Second question is this. The Clorox question, all right? Does it clean me? All right? Does it clean me? All right? So Ephesians, got a verse for that. Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace through faith you're saved. Do you know that not a single person is good enough to earn God's approval? We can't save ourselves no matter how good we try. So, the HU question. I'm sorry, the Clorox question. And despite what Carrie Underwood says, um... There must have been something in the water. There's nothing in our water. 
Uh, I mean, it came from a hose pipe that probably just came from the Chattahoochee. All right? So there's nothing special about the water. Salvation is something that happens before baptism, something that happens after. There's nothing spooky about the water. There's nothing magical about the water. There is something incredibly audacious, powerful, and magical about Jesus. That he can take away the sins of the world and give you eternity in heaven. That's pretty freaking awesome. And I just said freaking in church. But that's awesome. All right? We should be fired up about that. And we should say, because of him, because what he did, heck yeah, I'll go get dunked. I'll do whatever he says because, he's, because he gave his life for me. So the H2O question, that's the Clorox question. The H2O question is this. How am I baptized? Because there's a question in this for a lot of us who grew up with different types of backgrounds, right? So should I be squirted, spritzed, sprinkled, splashed? What's the, what's the water question? All right, in the Bible, the word baptism is, in its original form, is the word baptizo. Everybody say baptizo. Baptizo. Baptizo is the original language and we, we, when in our English language, it's, it's, it's oftentimes hard for, hard for us to kind of really encompass what they meant back there, back then. But every time that word was used, it always, 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 never not once, did it not mean, in the original language, submersion, underwater. Always the word baptizo, even when it was used other places, a ship would sink. A ship would go underwater, baptizo. So we can see that all through Scripture... You can interpret that word baptizo is going under the water. So when we baptize, it means immersion, to go fully under the water. You know how else this is kind of visualized in the Bible? When Jesus died, he went down in the grave. And when he said, it's not time to stay any longer, I'm going to come back to life, raise the new life, he came up out of the grave. So we get this visual of Christians going, he did that for me. I'm going to do the same thing in his name. I'm going to go public with my faith. We go up under the water, come back out, not spooky water, but we're acknowledging that Jesus did that, and one day we'll be in heaven also. Okay? That's the H2O question. Last question. The timing question. When should I be baptized? Got a verse for that. Acts 26.40. As they rode along, and I'm speaking about a, a person called, weird name, his name was the Ethiopian eunuch. He was a eunuch from Ethiopia. In the Bible, he's called the Ethiopian eunuch. And he was traveling along, and God kind of supernaturally led some believers to this guy who really wanted to know because he'd heard about Jesus, but he didn't know how to become a Christian. So God sent some of the earliest disciples, one of them with Philip, was Philip in the Bible. And Philip showed up and explained to this guy what it was to know Jesus, to follow Jesus, and that he was God in a bod, and that he was about to that he did die, this is after Jesus' death, but he explained that Jesus would come back for him again and explained the gospel, message. So this guy's like, I'm in. I'll be a follower of that guy, Jesus. So here's what happens after this guy claimed that he was a follower of Jesus and believed in Christ. In verse 40, as they rode along, they came to some water, some water, I don't know if that was a puddle if it was the Jordan River, if it was the Sea of Galilee, which is a lake. But it says, as they rode along. So they're on a road. On donkeys. Because they're not in 
Mustangs, right? Um, and they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, some water. Like he was like, yes, water. And he asked, why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Baptized. The timing question. When's the right time to be baptized? Today. Today. The early believers, they were so blown away that they could be saved and have salvation in Jesus that they were like, let's get it done. Let's be baptized. So, is it tense in here? Are you guys a little nervous? Some of you guys on the edge right now? All right, let me give you some barriers. All right. So I, I, I thought of a, a, a few fun questions that are just because we're Americans that we might ask. And I wrote down some responses to help us with this question. So I'm going to ask you to repeat the question so you'll ask the question and I'm going to answer your question. But Pastor Jeff, what if the water's dirty? Why don't you ask that of me? What if, you can skip the Pastor Jeff because I, I, I don't even know who that is. But what if the water's dirty? What if the water's dirty? I'm glad you asked. Let me read this to you. Ready? You're a clean freak. And I've seen your type before. That's why I've stocked it. That's why we've stocked it full of chlorine tablets. Do you know that Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River? He didn't have chlorine tablets. Are you saying you're better than Jesus? Just a thought. Okay? Question number two. But Pastor Jeff, what, if I'm, what, what am I supposed to do with my kids? What am I supposed to do with my kids? Thank you for asking that question. I'm glad you asked. We'll keep your kids no, sorry, not forever, but we'll keep them in our children's ministry until you get changed. You can pick them up if you want, if you want them to watch, or you can leave them until next week. No, that's a joke. Don't leave your kids till next week. Shame on you. <laughs> Third question. But Pastor Jeff, my family isn't here to watch. My, pa- my family's not here to watch. It's not really a question, but forget they're all questions. Okay. Okay, I've been waiting for this one. If your family is here, They should come out and watch. If your family isn't here, we can help. We have photographers on site to take lots of pictures. And we will send you you the best one by email. Also, we're going to take one of you today so we can text you immediately. So you can share it with whomever you want. And yes, that is how you use whomever. Besides, if your family's upset when you tell them you decided to obey Jesus, that's just on them. All right, but Pastor Jeff... I think I should pray about it. I think I should pray about it. You're not deciding to move to Hawaii, uh, which is a really nice place this time of year. Baptism is a clear instruction. You don't have to pray about something God clearly told you to already do. And the right time to do the right thing is now. But Pastor Jeff, I don't have another set of clothes. I don't have another set of clothes. Funny thing, we've got you covered. We've got towels We've got God's Plunge t-shirts and a private place for you to change. So here's the thing. Last hour, a lot of people got wet in front of a whole lot of other people that were just like cheering like you cannot imagine out here. I cried like a baby on some people that I had no idea would, would immediately show up and take the God's Plunge. Army dudes, moms, men, husbands, Kids, it was a powerful service last hour. And all I'm saying is this. 
It's your next step of faith. It's your next step of faith. And for many of us, I've been in your shoes. Many of us have gotten duped by the devil, and our faith is small because we haven't taken the first step. I hear all the time, Pastor Jeff, I just can't really get moving in my faith. Well, have you taken the first step? If you haven't, let's do it today. I've removed every barrier right now. The choice is on you. And my hope is that you would remember the story of David. When the little bitty guy had that moment of stepping up and saying, I'll be your huckleberry. I'll be that guy. I ain't afraid because I got Jesus on my side. And my hope is that you would recognize what he did for you and we would go all in and take the God plunge because he plunged first for us. So here's the thing. Our band's going to ramp this up. We're going to play. But you might just go outside and get dunked today. You might get wet for Jesus today. And you might just find that it opens your heart, opens your mind, and leads you on a course of amazing future of following God by faith. Because what pleases God? Faith. Faith pleases God. So everybody stand up with me. Here's how, here's how this will go down. I'm going to count to three. You're going to count with me. And if you're ready to walk out, walk out. And we'll get you signed up. We'll get you the t-shirt. We'll start dunking. And if you want to come out in this last song uh, and celebrate with us, I invite every person to come out and let's just cheer for our friends and our family who take a step for God today. But before I do that, I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to invite you right now. If you've never bowed the knee and, and like, stated or said or believed in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and today you feel moved that you want to ask Jesus to be your Savior today, the leader and forgiver of your heart, I'm going to invite you to do that right now. Pray with me. Bow your heads. God, we love you. And God, I trust and we place our faith in you. And let me just ask, if there's anyone here this morning that would say, Jeff, pray for me. I want to ask Jesus to be my Savior today. Would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Around the room, anywhere. Raise your hand. Pastor Jeff, pray for me. I want to be saved today. Yes, yes. Anybody else? Yes, in the back. Anyone else? Pastor Jeff, I want to, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want him to be Lord of my life today. Anybody else? I'm praying for you. Anybody else? Missing anybody? Let's pray. God, right now. Because you are Lord, because you are the Savior of the world, because you gave us uh, humans the ability to choose God today, we choose you because you first chose us. God, you gave your life while we were still jacked up and sinning. You said, I'm going to take away their sins and forgive them in advance. So Lord, right now, we just say yes to what you already did. We say yes and ask you to be now our God to come into our hearts and to save us and forgive us and give us the hope of eternity when you come back. So Jesus, we do this, we do this in your name. I pray. Amen. On the count of three, if you want to get baptized this morning, I'm going to count of three. You count with me. Ready? One. Oh, gosh. One, two, three. Come on.